0: Hello and welcome to the Total Entertainment Podcast with your host, Paul Collis. Now how are you doing today everybody? Today, I'm feeling great. Today, I'm going to be back at the Motor Point Arena checking out the band Bring Me The Horizon. Now Bring Me The Horizon are a British rock band from Sheffield and formed in 2004. It's a good year that is, that's the year that I qualified being a lighting engineer. Anyways, I digress. The group consists of lead vocalist Oliver Skies, guitarist Lee Miller, bassist Matt Keehan and drummer Matt Nichols and keyboardist Jordan Fish. They are signed to RCA Records globally and Columbia Records exclusively in the United States. The band released their debut album Count Your Blessings in 2006. Band released their debut album Count Your Blessings in 2006. Upon release, the album's sound polarised listeners and it was met with some harsh reviews. The band began to break away from the conventional sound with Suicide Season in 2008, which was a creative, critical and commercial turning point for the band. Bring Me The Horizon released their third album in 2010, there is a hell, believe me, I've seen it, there is a heaven, let's keep it a secret, propelling them to a greater international fame whilst incorporating influences from classical music, electronica and pop. Their major label debut, Sepaternal in 2013, achieved gold certification in Australia, 35,000 sales and silver in the United United Kingdom, 60,000 sales. That's the Spirit, 2015, debuted at number two in UK album charts and the US Billboard 200. Their 6th studio album AMO, in 2019 become their first UK chart topper. As well as these 6 studio albums they have also released 2 extended plays and 2 live albums. They have received 4 Kerrang! Awards including 2 for the best British band and 1 for the best live band and have been nominated for 2 Grammy Awards. Wow for that short of time that is amazing that's well going actually. Bring Me The Horizon then moved away from Deathcore with their third album There Is A Hell*, which incorporated electronica classical music and pop music into their metalcore style This required more ambitious production feats such as using a full choir a synthesised orchestra and glitched out vocals and breakdowns that were also toned down favouring quiet atmospheric passages in song breaks For the writing of Sepplemental The band pulled far broader influences such as post-rock acts like This Will Destroy You and Explosions In The Sky and from pop music. Bring Me The Horizon has experimented with its music mixing pop with metal, leading the band to be labelled a pop metal act. With the release of That's The Spirit, their sound shifted towards electronic rock alternative metal and alternative rock. They also incorporated other genres such as pop rock and new metal whilst completely abandoning the metalcore sound of their entire earlier albums. Now why did they do that? Well suppose um, they probably thought that metalcore was over it was just a fad so they probably moved on and that's how bands do well and that is by evolving. Every band, every successful band They've uh, evolved and moved on. Even solo singers, no matter what genre you're in, or uh, what genre you like to listen to the most, everyone that's successful start has a starting point, and if they don't evolve, those bands just die off. It always happens. So well done to bring me the horizon, that one. So the current lineup is Oliver is on lead vocals and keyboards, Matt Keane on bass, Lee Malia lead to guitar, Matt Nichols on drums, Jordan Fish on keyboard and a touring musician of John Jones on the rhythm and guitar and backing vocals. People who have left the band is Curtis Ward on rhythm guitar, Jonah Weinhofen on rhythm and guitar and keyboards. Then you've got also got a handful of uh, former touring musicians that used to go out with them. So that was Dean Robothon on rhythm guitar, Robin Urbino on rhythm guitar, Tim Hillow burke on rhythm and guitar and Brendan McDonald surprise surprise on rhythm guitar I don't know the reason between uh, why Curtis Ward and Jonah Weinhofen left the band but I suppose they got their reasons always the same instrument rhythm guitar so maybe as the band have evolved maybe these people just wanted to move on or, or even just stay within the uh, genre that they were working on at the time. That I'll never know. The only people that would know that I suppose would be the guys that left the band and the band themselves. So their tour is a short tour. So I'm going to start off with today and that is at the Cardiff Arena. Then you've got on Friday the 24th you've got the Sheffield Arena. Then on Saturday the 25th you've got the Utilita Arena in Birmingham. Then on Sunday the 26th you've got The AT London, which is their final gig of this little run. If you're a band member, or an artist, dancer, singer, actor, street performer, and you're listening to this, and you'd like to talk to us on our show about your uh, latest gig, or your album release on uh, digital media, or even want to talk to us about a student show, how about dropping us an email on musterxmedia1983 at gmail.com, and we'll get you on our show. I'm down at the Point Arena today covering Bring Me The Horizon, otherwise known as Beemuth. Just outside and I can tell you now that there are 11 trucks to this show. Not including the tour buses, but 11 trucks. This is going to be huge. It's massive. And I can also tell you now that there's not enough power locally in the building to supply this show. So, what are they going to do? They're going to fire up the external generators for the first time in 18 months yes first time in 18 months to get enough power to do this show now fingers crossed it can all be accommodated for but that is a ridiculous amount of power it's a handful of super fans outside and they're going to be waiting here for many hours just to get in so far i can see at least 20 people waiting in line so i can get out the front of the pit so I can be as close as, po- as possible to the stage. It's going to be a big one tonight and a loud one. So I decided to walk around the other side of the building to see how big the queue is on the other side and we've still got some super fans there. Not as many as the north side but they are starting to mount up. I've pretty much done our entire lap of the building and it turns out there's six tour buses on top of the 11 truck shows. Big tour. Lots of people to out house for the night. And i do know that they was in glasgow the following night and i do know that they were in glasgow the previous night So a long way to go a very long way to go i also know that the first of the trucks arrived bang on half five this morning it's a long drive so they've gone straight there no break that crew must be absolutely shattered Warning: This podcast contains strong, offensive, and misogynistic language that some listeners may find offensive. The name's Vert, Percival Reginald Vert, and I run the P Detective Agency. Uh-huh. The year is 2055 and the police have been defunded, so if you need a police investigation, the cops will charge you a thousand big ones a day. Because of this, the government introduced the PI Act, where the private investigators can undercut the police so justice can become affordable. These are my case files. New episodes every Wednesday, the links are in the description. I'm inside the arena at the moment and wow, this is a massive build project, I mean massive. They're still unloading some of the uh, trucks. At this point they've still got four more trucks to tip, so they're building it in sections and it's all going up. Currently LX1 is being winched into the air, LX1 is basically the first lighting bar and as it's going up the uh, lights are spinning around on test mode. Tape measures have dropped down as the as the first bar is being winched into the air to make sure that it's all nice and level. Currently they've got one, two, three, three bars already up. The LED wall is fully built at the back of the stage and that's fully winched up as well. The sound stacks are currently being built stage left and stage right. They've not even put the subs in yet. It's just, it's just the flying up line arrays. And holy cow, there's two separate trusses per side to hold the cable feeders alone. That's how chunky this uh, system is. They need... The support of trusses, so hanging structures, just to hold the cables as well. All the uh, main lighting trusses are on dollies, so they can just ramp it down and bolt it together, and then winch it up, which basically saves a hell of a lot of time. All the lights are pre-rigged, ready to go, and the cables and the cables to feed each truss are in individual flight cases, all marked what truss, where it is, and what section of cables is it? Is it the first half? Is it the feeders, is it the plugs, is it the sockets, is it the bit in the middle and is it the runoff down to the uh, rest of the PA. This is impressive, Um, the the sheer size of this is absolutely impressive. Currently Bring Me The Horizon is the biggest show to be in the Motorpoint Arena since it reopened after lockdowns. And there will be other big shows at some point in the future, by far is one of the biggest tests of crew and cooperation between different venues and trucking companies just to make the logistics of this work, coming all the way from Glasgow and sending each truck off as, as soon as each truck was loaded and ready it was off on the road ready to come down this way so they got tipped in the right order they had to plan out which trucks got loaded first so they could actually uh, send it in the right order to come from Glasgow to here to get everything put on the stage and in the air at the right time or it would be absolute chaos
1: a few moments later
0: so currently the video screen has just been powered up and is working nice and smooth Although it's only on the test screen so it's just going through all the colours so you can colour balance everything up uh, on the control racks. They've not connected any data for it yet but they just wanted to make sure that it powered up and it is giving a nice visual representation. The pick is still going because they're still winching stuff into the air. They're still, they're still moving hoists up into the arena grid so they can get the next set of trusses in. And another truck's just turned up to start getting unloaded. The stage left line array is, it's halfway in the air, they're going to winch it up properly later on, they just moved it out the way, so they've got access underneath it, and the stage right is just about to go up to its lower dead, and when I say dead, that's the position that it's going to stop, That it's, it's a dead stop, that's why it's called a dead. Old theatre lingo for you that is. Currently they're building one of the band risers on the stage, and more trusses for the side are getting bolted together on their dollies ready to get winched into the air on stage right. Still a massive flurry of activity going all over the arena floor with everything getting moved to where it needs to be moved and what's getting tipped off the truck is coming down into another section of the floor lots, lots of dollies with lots of equipment on all destined to go into different sections and that's the whole point of everything being on dollies to speed this process up so what could, would take 8 hours to build now could have actually taken 16 hours had it not been pre-rigged onto, onto certain dollies so they're basically cutting their time in half especially with an 11 truck show lots of video wall left to be built I'm guessing they're going to have video screens both stage left and stage right as well as the middle one that I'll only know soon enough it may be that because the arena is short on grid height they might have just struck half of the st- half of the screen uh, to make it usable for our venue to make it usable for the motor point arena but I'll only know later on I've not been issued a plan so I don't actually know what's being uh, put where at the moment I will do at some point soon though The next lighting truss is about to go up and this lighting truss is a bit of a unique one so they've got a small LED screen which is basically like an LED border, a little LED tab out of um, panels which are quite translucent when there's no light going through them it's like a uh, electronic gauze and this tab is looking pretty pretty bright so when it will go up it will give a nice little illusion of a LED uh, of a LED proscenium arch. Now this is going to look very very interesting and I'm looking forward to this working in tandem with the back screen and I wonder at the moment if the if they're going to put legs on this on this LED tab so only time will tell and we shall check that back later on. Currently I believe that the final truck has been tipped and they're sorting out what's being that kept in the arena to go on the stage and what's being sent down to the basement and it does look like there's a fair amount going in the cut pile at the moment but yet again i'm still looking forward to and in anticipation of what's going on it does look like the um, tab has got more sections to it so they're gonna once they've got the first section up they're going to raise the bar by Enough, get a nice working height for the next layer to go onto this tab. It does look like there's another row to go on underneath this current one, and then maybe the legs. But the reason why I say that is because you've got a light, a big old line of flight cases lining the length of the stage, ready to be sent up for the next section. I'm very looking forward to the next bit going on.
1: A few moments later, so a
0: small update to the uh. LED tab at the front of the stage that's going to that's getting rigged at the moment, and it is actually it's actually three panels deep, so that's pre- a pretty big tab for the front of a cross arch, and I don't see any uh, legs for it, so it's just quite literally a top tab, which I'm sure when it's fully yet uh, working and it has the imagery on, it's going to look goddamn impressive but it's looking pretty impressive with the test screen at the moment where they're just trying to color balance everything and get everything working uh, in tandem with it with the rest of the test screen but so far so good all the colors seem to start matching on the test screen so when i say about the test screen you've got the static image, you got lines in one direction, you got lines in another direction and diagonal lines, then it goes through all the primary colours, the so primary red, primary blue and primary green. I can hear the cogs turning, did you say primary green? I thought the third primary colour was yellow. Well in the, in the world of art and paint, yellow is the third primary colour. In the realms of LEDs, lighting and television, the third primary colour is green. That's how light works primary colors to light is red blue and green if you don't believe me go right up to your big flat screen tv so all you can see is the pixels and try not to strain your eyes and all you'll ever see is red blue and green you'll never see a yellow pixel like that it's where it color mixes when you're a little bit further away which is is where you'll get your uh, yellows
1: a few moments later
0: and we are back now that tab is fully up and calibrated, the back LED wall is, is now fully calibrated. They're just going and testing all the colours and it does look like it's all working nice and perfect. Also, the line arrays have just been that winched up. So you've got two front facing line arrays, either side of the stage. Then on, uh, on both stage left and stage right you've got a smaller line array pointing to the sides at 45 angles and they've also flown two ginormous subs either side of the stage. That's not including what is possibly going to go down uh, on the floor level, so uh, I'll check back on that later on. So now the next section of uh, LED screens are going up and it's the same type as the uh, ghouls effect at the front of the stage which are uh, stage left and stage right. These are half size panels, so uh, they've gone one, two, three, four deep of these half panels. I think they're using smaller panels because that's probably all the uh, higher company had at the time and they had to make it balanced up in one way or another. So they went with the smaller size ones for the sides and the larger size ones for the front. But it doesn't matter because it all, when it all works together, it all is going to work together. It's, it'll be seamless when they play their media through it. Now, this is a nice, effective way to uh, drape a stage. I say drape a stage to uh, make the stage look like a proscenium. even though the uh, even though the uh, legs are going inwards rather than downwards, and it just gives a nice little effect to it. It really does. Oh, here we go. Another slight update. They've added on another two rows to the stage right one. So they are six deep. So it is essentially the same height as the front panels. Nice. Very nice. I'm looking forward to when that's all calibrated and working all together. I've got a funny feeling that they're going to use those to mask things off uh, at some point in the show as well. Especially the opening. So my prediction is the uh, front screen is going to start off uh, stage height so when it's in blackout you can't see what's going on behind the stage where the band are going to come on do a a video intro and then it'll lift up to reveal the band that's how i think it's going to happen and only time will tell whilst they're still finishing off building the stage they've now started to test the sound system and that noise you can hear is the uh, speakers playing some pink noise so the uh, sound engineer can uh, start calibrating sound system ready for the venue and I do feel sorry for anyone that's on the floor right by that sound stack because pink noise is real horrible when you're right by it
1: a few moments later
0: now all four sections of the screen are up and running and uh, they were just doing a massive calibration of it all syncing together with the uh, actual AV feeds and wow That did look impressive, that really did look (laughs) really impressive I'm looking forward to seeing the actual show footage uh, when it's ready and the show's live. You can tell that Bring Me The Horizon have spent serious money on this tour and why not? Why not? Because it just shows the world that we're back, we're back in business and they are back, they're back on the tour scene and it's been too long been way too long so let's do it and that's what it says to me when they spend all this money to give their fans the show that they want and the show that they deserve it does say a hell of a lot so the stage is all pretty much plumbed in now all the LED screens are plumbed in now the line arrays are in and I was wondering where is all the bass spins What have they done with the bass spins? Once I started to direct the stage, I realize they they've lined all the the subs underneath the stage. I mean, it's just a big wall of subs underneath the stage. That's going to give some good old reverb right in the old chest cavity that is. Once it's all switched on and fully activated, it will be intense. At the moment, the crew have started to build the Mojo at the front of the stage. And if you aren't aware of what Mojo is, Mojo is a brand of pit barrier. Which is real heavy-duty crush barrier, so no one can get past it. It's that goddamn heavy, and it ain't going nowhere once it's all built and tied in together. Once that's in, the mixer just needs mojoing, and that's going to be fully surrounded by mojo with two gates in, and there'll be security at each gate. This is going to be intense. It's going to be a real big show, and I'm, I'm so looking forward to a show being turned right up to eleven. And when I say 11, I mean Spinal Tap 11. It's going to be amazing.
1: A few moments later.
0: After the epic journey from Glasgow, Scotland, all the way to Cardiff, South Wales, Free Me The Horizon have just made it to open up the show. Just five minutes past the doors unfortunately their first support act they're not going to be able to get their sound check this is just because of the logistical nightmare and ambitiousness of getting all the way from glasgow and rebuilt in uh, in cardiff from last night a near impossible job and open by the skin of our teeth in normal times before the before the times of COVID this wouldn't have been too much of an issue because we would have just opened up the house as soon as uh, the first support would have been uh, sound checked but we aren't in normal times we have to make sure that we uh, we can open the doors as close to advertised time as possible or it just wouldn't happen because of checking all the extra paperwork checking people's COVID status as well as uh, the lateral flow testing unfortunately these things happen but and everyone is in high esteem because we've pulled it off a near impossible job has been pulled off and everyone from production, from all the bands and in-house crew, we're all happy we did it on time
1: A few moments later
0: The Nova Twins are the first uh, support act for uh, Beemoth and they are an English rock duo formed in London, England in 2014, consisting of vocalist, guitarist, Amy Love and bassist, Georgia South. Love and South had been close friends since childhood and played in bands that were often booked on the same bill. They formed the band together in 2014 named Brats, releasing the song uh, Bad Bitches under that, na- under that name. Later that year, they settled on the name Nova Twins and released their first song under that name Baseline Bitch in April 2015. That song attra- attracted the attention of independent label Robotune, which signed them and released their first self-titled LEP LP- in 2016. In 2017 Nova Twins supported Profits of Rage which after which Tom Morello named them the best band you've, you've never heard of. They have since supported Wolf Alice, Little Sims, Dreamwife, Black Honey and Skunk Anansi. In 2017 they self-released the singles Thelma and Louise and Mood Swings and started their own custom clothesline called Bad Stitches. In 2018, Nova Twins self-released the singles Hit Girl and Lose Your Head. They continued to tour with shows in Europe and America including an appearance at the Afro-Punk Festival in Brooklyn. Towards the end of the year they started recording their debut album with producer Jim Abyss and in 2019 they toured with Fever 333 and again Prophets of Rage. The singles, Devil's Face and Vortex from their upcoming album were released with accompanying music videos. They also collaborated with several bands including Doc uh, Dr. Martins on a global campaign contributing both music and visuals. It was really it was revealed later in the year that they had been uh, signed to FIBA 333's label 333 Records crew. Their debut album Who Are The Girls was released in February 28, 2020. Who Are The Girls received positive reviews at Kerrang and Crash and elsewhere. The band won Best UK breakthrough band in The 2020 Heavy Music Awards. This podcast contains themes that are unsuitable for younger listeners and parental guidance is advised. It's been 30 years since they came. 30 years. No! They took my my child. child. I'm gonna kill you. No! 30 years since they came, new episodes every Friday, the links are in the description. The second support of tonight is You and Me at Six and they are an English rock band from Weybridge Surrey formed in 2004 the group achieved success in 2008 with the release of their debut album Take Off Your Colours which included the singles Save It For The Bedroom, Find Us Keepers and Kiss and Tell with the latter two peaking at number 33 and number 42 respectively in the UK singles chart their second album Hold Me Down in 2010 debuted at number 5 in the UK whilst their third album Sinners Never Sleep in in 2011 peaked at number 3 and was certified gold and spawned the band's fifth top 50 single Loverboy The Nova Twins were were very well received with the audience they loved them, lapped them up and they enjoyed every single minute. Everyone was bopping and moshing and spilling their beer in every way they should. Whilst Yumi at six were were equally as good, arguably better, but then again, they had more crowding at this point. uh, They had more stage than uh, Nova Twins and they, uh, they used their little bit of stage very well with the LED uh, light boxes on their uh, stage risers. They were brilliant, and it looked really visually stunning, along with the uh, video screen at the back and the uh, video st- and the use of the video screen was very well done on uh, Bring Me the Horizon's video screen, which they are only allowed to use the back part. They're not allowed to use the full surround uh, gold-style LED screen. A
1: few moments later
0: that was an amazing set by you me at six and they not only did the crowd enjoy themselves but they truly loved it couple of circle pits are formed in the middle of the floor everyone's packing in there are still people coming into the building and the middle and the whole of the arena floor is completely rammed full i'm loving this another fully packed gig the way how it's supposed to be this is how life is supposed to be and at the end of the day even in post-covid world in the post-covid world where uh, you're going to have all the people all the, you're going to have all the do-gooders claim that an event like this is a super spreading event but it's not i guarantee you it is not everyone is tested coming in everyone has a proof of vaccination that's in here and or if they've uh, or if they've got a natural immunity to it so anyone that says oh no bit mass events like this are super spreader events they're just panicking and just talking absolute nonsense maybe this episode will get banned because of this but no this is the fact it's the only reason why mass why an arena is allowed to open in wales let alone the rest of the uk on the conditions that were set to them which is everyone provided a Covid test or you uh, provided proof of vaccination, double vaccination but everyone, everyone here is fully enjoying themselves and Bring Me The Horizon is going to absolutely please everyone that's bought the tickets to come and see them live and what they're going to give in return is going to be an amazing show visually, noise wise, showmanship wise there is going to be some absolute showmanship with a stage like this and I guarantee you if you haven't already heard Bring Me The Horizon or see them, go, see them play live, I seriously advise you go and see them. Go and see them. Same with You Me At Six. If you can get a ticket to see You Me At Six, even if they're supporting someone or even if they've got their own gig, go and see them. They will play for you.
1: A few moments later
0: It's now the day after Bring Me The Horizons gig and it's quite literally now the early evening of the next day because the show was that big for the pullout and um, there is a currently a uh, nationwide crew shortage where people have moved on from uh, coronavirus where they were made redundant or didn't have any work for so long they ended up moving to other careers and other jobs so there is a massive crew shortages everywhere at the moment but that'll eventually come back uh, over the next uh, six months to a year but that's not that much that important now the only reason why I'm doing it. the conclusion the next day is because sheer size and 10% less crew and I was at knackered so the show was amazing. The LED ghouls looked so goddamn impressive they had visuals going constantly and where the led goals surrounded the outside of the stage the front and the sides it made like a giant cage and they did show some bits with a uh, cage on there you had a dragon go across it at one point and then you had a matrix feed which looked really goddamn impressive. If you've seen the trailer to the New York Matrix movie, Matrix 4, it's that caliber of the Matrix, so they've spent some serious money. And talking about spending serious money, they spent, Bring Me The Horizon definitely spent a lot of money, and was it value for money for them? Yes it was. Sell out gigs, there was no ticket spare. The dropout rate wasn't too bad compared to everything else at the moment but you would get you would inevitably get dropouts there was 88 percent attendance for ringweed horizons gig last night so that is a real good figure and i'm sure that everyone spent a fortune in the bars it was probably their first time of seeing a gig and you could tell because the the audience was so full of energy they were constantly moshing and enjoying themselves and it was a grand sight to see grand sight loved every minute of everyone enjoying themselves in that way and to be honest i wish i was down in those mosh pits i may be a bit old for being in a mosh pit these days but still i was envious i was envious at one point you had a massive circle pit just appear in the middle of the arena and it looked like it there was at least 500 people in that mosh pit it was insane and then at the end of the night the band egged everyone to push back and uh, make a a big old parting in the middle like Moses did and then as soon as they started up everyone ran in faster than Moses could with the sea and they started moshing the hell out they moshed harder than a biblical incident that's how great it was it was an awesome sight to see bring me the horizon are not my style of metal but they were awesome they were true showmen in their in their own right and everyone enjoyed themselves you could tell bring me the horizon loved being back on stage and you could so tell this sometimes you can see a band and they've spent a lot of money and sometimes you could tell that money was wasted wasted on a sound system that wasn't used to its full potential wasted on a lighting rig an AV rig that was not used to its full potential but Bring Me The Horizon used it to its maximum potential totally they definitely turned it up from 10 to 11 full-blown spinal tap style so even though I wasn't a fan of Bring Me The Horizon they had an awesome show I'm lost for words on how awesome that show was they spent a fortune on the LED goals and the LED screen colour matching it the amount of media service to make it work was immense they had the, near enough the entire backstage area full of servers I would just wish that other bands would spend the same amount of money coming back because after all if it wasn't for the fans they wouldn't be there and Bring Me The Horizon knew this so they thought you know what we're coming back and we're going to spend everything that we physically can to give everyone a great show because our fans deserve it and we love performing for our fans and they did they so did if you ever get a chance to see Bring Wheel Horizon on this tour, if there's tickets left, get your ticket whilst you can. If not, I'm sure there will be a DVD of the tour. Get that DVD. If you're a fan and you never got to see it in person, get that DVD. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you soon.